And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. You know, folks, there are times when I feel like I need to explain that line, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices. You don't always know all of the choices that are available to you. There's a, there's a, a phrase that I've heard over and over again uh, that says, we don't know what we don't know. Well, we want you to know more than what you knew before this program started when this program ends. And so by virtue of giving you some new possibilities for your life, we give you new choices and knowledge thereof, the information behind that choice. You know, what's behind door number one, door number two, door number three? Well, maybe there are more than three doors. Well, today... Uh, I'm going to skip the preliminaries for the moment, and we're going to dive right into our program today because I think uh, it's going to be very interesting, especially considering what is going on in the world today uh, and in this country in particular uh, that should have been going on decades ago. And it's just an amazing thing to me to think about the possibilities that we could have achieved by now if we had not um, uh, Ill, uh, uh, basically made certain substances illegal that could have been used as many other elements uh, are used uh, to um, uh, help. Uh, most of our medications come from plants. In the early days, you had herbologists, you had uh, apothecary shops, if you will, uh, you had uh, medicine from, let's say, China or other parts of the world. There were no FDA then, no AMA. They just knew that they knew that it worked. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but along the lines of some other areas with our very special guest. Uh, she is, uh, I'm going to make this point because I think it's important considering that uh, she comes from a small town in North Dakota of 2,500 people. Oh, everybody knows your business. Beth Bell, thank you so much for joining us here on the program and for uh, um, helping us to understand this concept of um, what's emerging in this country with, with uh, uh, I'm going to use the term controlled substances. Of course, the question is who's controlling them. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I think we're going to have a great conversation. I have to say that when I was a kid growing up, uh, now you probably didn't run into this, but then maybe you did when you were going to school, uh, you know, uh, first 12 years. Uh, I knew that many of my classmates, uh, not so much in grade school, but in high school, and this course would be in the mid, uh, mid-70s, mid 70, uh what was it, 70, 72, 74 to 78, I knew a lot of them partook in uh, lots of different illegal drugs. Uh, specifically what they were, I, I don't know. It could have been just marijuana. might have been other things as well. And it wasn't because it was illegal. I don't want to get caught, go to jail, da-da-da-da. I just had no interest. But when I found out about one, in, one psychedelic, I guess you would call it a psychedelic, in particular, uh, ayahuasca. I found out about it several years ago through a, through a documentary. And I heard and watched this documentary and the people that participated and had these experiences. I thought, 
That would really be interesting. I would be it's the so far it's the only thing I can think of, only uh substance that I would be interested in a safe space mm-hmm. to to take and have that experience. Uh there are other folks and obviously are the 60s, the 1960s obviously is 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 sort of the uh, the, the the beginnings of the what we might call the drug culture, although I would venture it probably started earlier than that, uh, where people were taking stuff to, you know, as I go, was it Timothy O'Leary, you know, uh, che- you know, check out and all that kind of stuff. I can't even remember the phrase they used to use. You deal yeah. with, with these, these elements. Now we have legalized marijuana across the country, state by state, which has basically forced the hand of the government, the federal government, mm-hmm. To basically say, you know, we need to reevaluate. And I know that the current administration is wanting to do that. They want to reclassify cannabis, hemp, marijuana, what, you know, whatever the name is. Tell me a little bit about this aspect of dealing with psychedelics in this country specifically, because it seems to me that other countries around the world have what would be the right term here? A more progressive. I don't want to use the term liberal because that's kind of energy charged, but a more progressive or open-minded or more scientifically based perspective on these these chemicals, these that come from plant most of the time come from plants that are available in a lot of places. You can grow them and make your own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just brought up so many topics that we could we could have the whole show just on what you just said. Um, first of all, I want to say that I am the least likely person to be talking about psychedelics because I have always been anti-drug other than the occasional use of alcohol. I, it's been like a no-go, no-go, even mm-hmm. marijuana never, ever, uh, felt that that was in my, yeah, in my lifestyle and, and what I needed. And so it's a long story and I'll make it short and then we can get into any level of detail about that story along the way. I became known as a flower whisperer, yeah. which was a bit ironic in and of itself because I, I, I worked in big pharma. Um, I was a marketing executive for a, a huge pharmaceutical company working globally and the flowers started to speak to me and everybody thought I was a little bit crazy. And what I realized is it was the universe's way of helping me to meditate. Um, but it went from there to understanding the power of flowers to understanding how to get into the quantum field as a result of being connected to mother nature, living in Bali and having Bali teach me so much more about mother nature on steroids. And then came this opportunity to partake in plant-based medicines, which is what you're talking about now. Mm -hmm. And I thought, "Mm, yeah, sounds interesting, but no, Uh, mostly because (laughs) I had done a deep dive in my own spiritual journey and uh, awakening journey. And I just thought, I do not want to risk undoing everything that I've just, you know, done over these last 20 years of deep diving. And so I had a real judgment against it. And then um, a couple of things happened. One was uh, I had an interview. I was doing a show, Pollinating the Planet with Love, and I was interviewing Louis Schwartzberg, who's a famous time-lapse cinematographer. He did the fantastic uh, fungi uh, documentary. 
And we started talking. I wanted to talk everything flowers because he does the time lapsed, uh, you know, flower images. And, oh, yeah. And yeah. And he wanted to talk all things mushrooms. And so we did. And then we talked about plant based medicines like ayahuasca and San Pedro. And so uh, he put a bug in my ear along with a friend who had been diagnosed with breast cancer and was searching for the whys behind the cancer. And she had a psychedelic journey. Um, and then eventually, just very serendipitously, I signed up for a San Pedro ceremony, which is a cactus. And um, I can certainly talk about ayahuasca too, um, but had just an incredibly profound experience and realized how much psychedelics can help us embody a lot of these intellectual, spiritual concepts that we we know in our mind and our brain, but it's really the embodiment level, the having, you know, the knowingness within ourselves so that we can shine the light out into the world. So I know I just gave you a bunch of stuff now back at you, but uh, I am all about um, being a spokesperson for psychedelics in a safe set and setting and shaman. So that's a, that's a whole nother topic in and of itself. But uh, yeah, I, I think that what, what we had happen in the 60s, 70s, the whole war on drugs was exactly what you talked about in the intro, um, which was control. And how do you control people? Through fear. So um, how do you control people? Through not letting them know that they are God, you know, whatever God is to you, the universe source um, that, yeah, really keeping people from knowing who they really are. And I'm not saying that I agree with like what, you know, what's happening in the 60s and 70s and some of the social aspects of it. Um, but the, the awakening aspect of psychedelics as awakening agents is super real and super valid for right now. And there couldn't be a better time for people to really, really jump into their awakening journey. Mm. It is something that we have to deal with because it's there. It is, it's, it's, I guess the best way to put it right now is it's in your face, folks. It's in your face. You got to deal with it because uh, it's, you know, it's right there and it is something that has been proven through a lot of different studies to help people who are struggling. Um, I wonder, I know or that... Or even people who are not struggling. You don't have to be struggling. Okay. You do in order to take this, uh, you know, ketamine is on the market. It's a psychedelic. It's FDA approved. Um, and there are some labeling constraints, but depending upon the practitioner, you you don't have to be struggling. But yes, I think for the people who are, it's a great agent as well. Yeah, I I, I like I said, I've I've um, and and <laughs> unlike uh, you know our uh, one of our former presidents who did not inhale, as he says, I uh, I have tried marijuana as far as smoking it. Twice, I was 38 years old. I'm 62 now, so I think the statute of limitations is no longer valid. <laughs> anyway, I tried it twice. Um, burned the hell out of my throat, so Ooh. that was no fun. Because uh, I've I've never smoked anything. I'm not. I'm, I was never a smoker of anything. You know, I would inhale uh, if I there was a campfire. I would inhale the smoke from the fire, but that's a whole different thing. Uh, I it didn't do anything for me. I, I would give me a beer. A couple of beers, and it's basically, for me, it's the same thing. So, you know, it didn't interest me. And this was before it was legalized, okay? Yeah. Um, so it, th- these kinds of things were never of a, a, a real interest to me until now 
from the standpoint more, and this is where I would like to dive into uh, your memoir, your book, which has one of the most unusual titles I have ever heard of, uh, but we'll get into that in just a moment. Um, but dealing with wanting to delve deeper with going within, we promote that here on this program, by the way. It's called in, uh, participating in what we call the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. We ask people to go within, to be still, to be in that quiet, peaceful, calm space, and then to listen to that still, small voice. And obviously, we encourage them to follow the promptings of that still, small voice. If you're going to listen, why wouldn't you follow? It's not going to hurt you, okay? It may challenge you, but it will never put you in harm's way. At least that's my, that's my personal belief. Uh, so we, we want to talk a little bit about that as well. We're talking with Beth Bell, and she has joined us, and she has a very interesting book that we were we would encourage you to uh, check out, BethBell.me, that's M-E, BethBell.me. The book is entitled Angels, uh, <clears throat> Herpes, and Psychedelics. Uh, this is uh, This is basically talking about her unlikely journey of spiritual awakening, from romantic encounters to toad venom visions and angels and blue jeans. And her story exposes the soul's true path that can get messy. Okay. Uh, irrational. Uh-huh. I've had that happen. Uh, and even downright dangerous. Well, we'll talk a little bit about that from her perspective as we continue with our conversation with Beth Bell here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host and uh, it's a really a pleasure to have uh, Beth Bell here with us on the program. BethBell.me, M-E, BethBell.me. It's a, a, a new, I don't even know what that last little thing is called with the .com, .net, .edu, etc. In any event, it's .me, so Beth Bell, her name. Uh, that's the website. We'll be linked to it as well, Beth, so that uh, people can go straight there and, and find out more about you. Order a copy of your book, which I believe is also available now. It's uh, Audible. Not yet. Not yet. Well, well, oh, I hope so. I hope so. It's always fun to to read with one's ears. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And you and you can get the first two chapters, though, like in the audible idea here. But if you go to my website, I give away the first two chapters so you can get a a real wet your whistle if you're not a book reader. Oh, excellent. Uh, So so it is really possible, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to be able to see with your ears. Okay, (laughs) and you don't need psychedelics for that. Uh, First of all, um, I get the angels and the psychedelics. Herpes? Mm -hmm. Tell me about the title. How, How did that come about? Yeah, I love that you have such a reaction to the title, and I can't tell you how many people tried to encourage me to not have that as the title um, out of fear. But Angels is really about helping people to understand that we're not alone here on the Earth plane, that we've got celestial angels, terrestrial angels, and why not leverage them, right? Why not lock into the wisdom that they bring, which is still just a projection of your higher self, but it's reassuring, it's helpful. I talk all about the angels that have helped me along my path. So that's what the angels are all about. Herpes, there's a lot of connotations behind this. The high level part of it is that there's viruses of the mind and that we need to 
we need to get rid of these viruses, which is all about unraveling the mind. Um, but there's a deeper tale in the book that I go into a lot of details about how, I guess I would say herpes saved my life. Um, and I think the fact that no one wants to talk about herpes is why we need to talk about it. So I'm definitely in the vein of, uh, yeah, truth busting and getting to the core of trauma and drama that happens in our life so that we can just blow it up because it's the secrets, it's the traumas, it's the dramas that hold us back from living our life's purpose. So that's why herpes is on the title. And then psychedelics is all about helping us understand the power of plant-based medicines and psychedelic psychedelics as a whole. It doesn't have to be plant-based um, as awakening agents and, and how they can really help us break through to really understand who we really are, not who we think we are or who we think we should be for someone else. I actually uh, asked one of my guests uh, some time ago in that regard uh, to um, uh, uh, this this aspect of uh, who we are. I said, so what you're telling me is that, that uh, you know, if we go down this particular path, we will eventually be able to know, not just believe, because there's a difference, uh, we'll be able to know who we are. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. Eventually, you will be able to know who you have always been. I thought an interesting distinction. Same difference, but, you know, same thing. Um, and, and I think that's really important for us to really truly understand that. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of theories as to who we are. Now, as a species, that's, that's one level. But as an individual, would you agree that we are immortal? In that it is not the physical body that is immortal. Okay, it's made up of stardust, if you will, and it will return to stardust. It is that which animates, let's say, assembles the stardust into, into the fingers and toes, etc., etc. It's that which animates the body that is immortal. Is am I from your perspective, am I accurate in that respect? Yeah, I mean, I guess the way I like to talk about it is that we are consciousness. That's what we are. We are consciousness and our consciousness, our soul is all connected up into one. So if we take like a really maybe simple example and think about the sun. So we're all from a source. And if we think about the sun and let's say that we have a strainer and somebody puts the strainer, well, that sun is still all the same beam, but it goes through the strainer and creates millions of tiny little beams that come down to the earth. And so that's really what we are in, in your stardust analogy is, is a vibration level that puts us into a human body that we can be matter and we can, you know, we can exist as a, as a human and we can have particulars about who we are, but at the highest level, we are consciousness and we are all connected to source. Mm. I have used to ask the question, how powerful are we? And you kind of address that, the aspect of, of the fact that we have the power to create our own existence and design life's experiences. Someone said to me not long ago, uh, uh, Beth, um, as I was going through a particular period, they said, you do realize, Richard, that you wrote this script? You wrote this script, and if you want to change it, you can you can rewrite the script. You don't have to continue going down this way, you know. Uh, it, it would be along the lines of uh, being involved in a comedy, and how suddenly, suddenly you hit this roadblock, and there's no more funny. Yeah. Well, then we got to take it back to the writers, and we got to put some more jokes in there. Yeah. Yeah, no, we are absolutely the creator of our own lives. And that is a really difficult concept to get when you're sitting in some serious, I don't know if I can say the word, but 
crap um, yep. when we're sitting there and it feels like everything around us is like victim mentality. It's happening to us, not for us. Then we know we're in the wrong spot because we got to get back into the driver's seat and know that everything is happening for a reason. And we've called in all of these characters in our life to help us with our awakening journey. And that's a hard pill to swallow at times when we're sitting there going, how is it possible that I would put myself through this level of suffering? Mm-hmm. And so, but, but we do. And I think the beauty of it is, is we come in with a soul's plan, but we have free will. So we can take the long road home. We can take the short road home. We can take whatever road we want, which is the beauty of being human, is that we have this free will and that we can always make another choice. Mm. So a lot of people focus on, oh, I made a mistake. Well, no, you made a choice and now you can make another choice and you can make another choice and you can always make another choice. So I like to encourage people to just come back to that power that you started to speak about that we really are and the power to have a choice and the power to exercise our free will. And that's where we are right now in humanity is everyone wake up and get into your power place, go inward, know who you are and project this incredible love and light out into the world. We're talking with Beth Bell. BethBell.me, M-E, is her website, which we will be linked to. And we're talking about angels, herpes, and psychedelics. That's her memoir. And we're going to talk more with her about that as we continue. And we encourage you to uh, go to her website, as I said, uh, to find out more about the work that she's doing and other things that she is up to. So uh, we ask you to stay with us here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And one of the things that I want to ask you, Beth Bell, about uh, uh, first a sidebar, side side note here, no relation to art? No. Okay. So we'll move on from there. Um, what was it initially that uh, – what was the catalytic event or maybe it was a, a, com- a combination of multiple events that led you – down this particular path to make the connection, especially between this, the, these outer plant-based elements and your inner life, your inner journey. Oh, well, you put a twist in there because what I thought you were first asking me is what awoke me into my awakening journey. <laughs> and so I'll say that that was the awakening kiss at 30,000 feet because that got my curiosity peaked to understand just connection between people. But if I fast forward and say, what is the, you know, what is the real true catalyst into the awakening journey with plants? Well, one of them, as I mentioned, was, was my interview with Louis, my friend who had a cancer diagnosis and another interview I did with a gentleman who his whole interview, my, our whole topic was the soul of plants. And I just was inspired to know consciousness in a much deeper way. And I was actually editing his uh, Louis uh, um, episode when I got the invitation to go to the San Pedro and it all just clicked in. And I just had that hell yes feeling of, yes, this is the right time, the right place. I knew the server. I knew the set. I knew the setting. I had been to this temple before I had picked up a friend that had done a, a, a journey there. So I had done all of my due diligence. I'd used my discernment. I just, I just felt into it. And I just, I just knew that it was an absolute yes. And I thought to myself, wait, you know, the indigenous people have used these medicines for centuries and centuries, right? It's a cactus. And why would I be scared of a cactus? So 
you know, I was just, it was just my mind. My mind was just scared to lose its job. And so I, you know, I went through that whole, like, oh, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen. And are people going to take advantage of me and, you know, all that crazy stuff. And, and that can happen. So I don't want to discount that, but, but I knew who I was going to sit with. And I had the most incredible experience with San Pedro. It was really soft. Uh, I remember sitting there, just listening to my mind going crazy, you know, like what is going to happen? What's going on? And then there was just, I was sitting outside, there was this, this little veil. It was this really, a, a real veil that was on the swing that I was sitting on and it touched my shoulder and it was like, oh, and I just felt one with the energy of that little veil. And, and then I just got the message that we're all here. And I was like, oh, and I started to just feel into that place, that space between the words where, where spirit, our soul resides and it's just this powerful place of knowingness and connection to source to all that is and you're just kind of like oh okay and then you realize like how much of a bugger that mind is you know like how the narratives just play on and on and on and they're all storylines right so it's it was that recognition of oh oh gosh i finally see my mind and my soul and I understand how they can work together mm-hmm. or tear each other apart, right? And so it's really stepping aside and getting the mind to sit in the back seat and getting the soul to drive. But mm-hmm. before that, I really had no real understanding of how much the mind was in the driver's seat. Intellectually, I understood it. I was a Course in Miracles student. I had done, as I said, 20 years of deep diving into all things spiritual, like a gazillion different modalities. Um, So I understood how to connect to spirit. I understood how to listen to my higher self, but I didn't know the sneakiness of the mind and how profound it speaks to us and builds these thought constructs and, and ideas about, yeah, of who we think we are. Yeah, and that's part of what we're trying to find out is who we think we are versus who we really are. And that's what you're wanting to share with us here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. You know, we talked to you talked earlier about, uh, and you know, uh, we have free will and part of what we're talking about here is choices and knowledge of those choices to help one's dreams come true. But there is an element in there that... Uh, I, and I probably won't modify the phrase. It's because I think it works just fine. But to to go a deeper into it, to help one's dreams come true, if one is wanting to be um, more aware of who they really are and why they are really here, their life's purpose, yeah. um, our mind will generate all kinds of different dreams, different uh, things that we aspire to or aspire to have uh, or aspire to, you know, and so forth. That doesn't necessarily mean that those things are in our best interest uh, or as I've, I've, uh, I like the phrase, uh, or, or are in a divine right order for us individually. There's, there's no collectiveness in this aspect of it, uh, that maybe it's not in our best interest yeah. to have uh, a private jet or a yacht 
or a mega mansion or to be the CEO and be, bring in uh, these multi-million dollar bonuses along with whatever else you're making and living in the penthouse and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and having gold faucets. Um, maybe that's not – and who knows? I mean we, we all sign contracts to have the experiences that we're having, right? Yeah. Well, then well, I those. Think you can, I think you can have it all. I I I, yeah. I used to have a judgment against all of that, and I'm not saying you do. It's a great question to pose. Yeah. I think you can have it all because you have you have the choice of how you want to experience this life. And if it's living in a penthouse, <clears throat> you know, on the top floor, that's fine too. If it's being the CEO of a big company, that's fine too. The trick is, is how attached are you yeah. to those that's identity it. points yeah. and particulars that you are expressing. And when the attachment is there and you identify yourself as those things, that's where it gets a little off course or mm-hmm. a lot off course. So it's always about, because when you're in an influential position, like a CEO, you have the ability to go out and reach the masses of people. So you may be in the perfect spot to be able to then disseminate awakening messages down into your organization. Because as we know, shit rolls downhill. So why not start with light and shine light downhill and raise everybody up so that everybody's part of the same mission? So, yeah, I think that it's always about our attachment to these ideas. And that's where, you know, the mind comes in to try to tell us that we're successful if we have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I say, "Mm, no, I think they're completely unrelated. And I believe that love is the new currency. And I like to ask people, how rich are you? And that doesn't mean that we can't bring in fine things into our life. That doesn't mean that we can't experience expensive you know, novelties. But again, it's just how we associate ourselves with them and whether or not we identify ourselves with those things. Enjoy them. But yeah, on the other hand, I don't think you need them either, right? We yeah. can, The bliss is within. So you don't That's need it. any of those things yeah. to be happy. Uh, yeah. And, and again, I would I would agree with you in that respect uh, uh, that, uh, yeah, if the, you know, if, if, if that's what you want to have, then great. The question, of course, always comes back to um, uh, uh, how how is this uh, uh, part of that uh, consciousness raising aspect yeah. uh, and so forth? I, I, I myself, I prefer uh, for the most part, I prefer the simple life. Sure, I'd like to have a few more zeros uh, before the decimal point. That'd be great. Um, but you know what? I'm 62 years old. So far, without all those zeros in front of the decimal, I'm still alive. You know? Yeah. Well, and to that point, I lived in Bali for five and a half years, had a shop on Monkey Forest Road, um, integrated myself into the culture, lived in the middle of a rice field and had the most poorest people surrounding me that were the happiest people on earth. And they were happy because they were connected to their, to themselves, to whatever you want to refer to as God, source, the universe. They understood what, what life was all about at the core. And they were grateful for every little thing that, that was given to them. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really the finest. I mean, you look at India and India has a a massive poor population and many of them have intense inner peace. So money is not related to success. Money is not related to happiness. You know, money can bring opportunities, but yeah, money and things are not, are not what we've signed up for in our true sense, I think, of the experience of being human. Yeah. 
I often uh, um, and, and over the last six or seven years, uh, I've talked a little bit about this. Always trying to stay stay. Uh, I guess the right word is apolitical. Mm. And one of the things that has really, um, uh, really uh, 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 struck me uh, is not only the karmic element, but also uh, the teaching element by others. And uh, the karmic element, first of all, uh, comes into play when I think about certain individuals who have a particular mindset and attitude, mm. both towards themselves but also the outer world, and the words and the behavior that are exhibited from that mindset. Yes. And I, sit th- I sat there watching this individual going, they can't keep this up indefinitely because the energy that, that is required to maintain this attitude, it, uh, you know, it's, it's like uh, staying in anger or uh, revenge mode or uh, those types of uh, 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 positions requires a heck of a lot more energy than being in the joy and the bliss mode and the love mode. And I said, this is going to... This is going to kill this person. This person's going to, you know, going to wish they had dead shifted a little bit when they get to this end point because it's not going to be pretty. But then the other part of it has to do with um, the fact that in the present moment, this person is going through an enormous amount of, uh, I'll say, I'll use the term of, of legal challenges. I'll put it that way. All right. I mean, there have to be at least 10 or 15 different legal challenges that this person is facing right now. And uh, of course, the accusations by this person are that, uh, you know, well, no, no, that's that they just don't like me. So they're going to get me. They're going to get me. And I'm sitting here thinking 10 or 15 independent cases and they're out to get you? No. Uh, and, and, and I put it in this final position, this final, uh, this final uh, outcome. This individual is going through what this individual is going through, not because of what's out there to get them. It's because they chose that path. So everything that's happening to them is part of their choice. And as you said earlier... They can choose to rewrite the script. Yeah. Okay. So you're opening a Pandora's box here. And I am going to say something that I don't normally say to very many people, especially not on a show like this. So I apologize in advance. No, if go get, ahead. If I get us a lot of haters. Um, but I, I feel really compelled to, to share this sentiment that, um, first of all, I have to say that pol- politics in general are just a distractor. They're an absolute distractor from awakening. Mm-hmm. They are just, I can't even tell you how much of a distractor they are. So as little energy as possible should go into politics is my 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 feeling on okay. this. Uh, but secondly, um, I also am not sitting here as a Trump supporter. So I will say that um, not, not that I'm against him or for him, mm-hmm. I'm just neutral. Um, but the most important thing that I want to say about Trump is that he is, he is here as a spiritual teacher. And yes. I know everyone's going to want to say, what? 
He is here to teach people. I say this so many times. If you could become a spiritual narcissist and don't pick apart the words exactly what they mean, meaning that if you could stand behind your belief system as a spiritual person wanting to make a difference on the planet, like Trump does, I'm not saying in the way he does it, no, Mm -hmm. Right. but if you could have your own personal power be so strong and your belief in yourself be so strong, you and me and everybody listening would change the world overnight. Yes. And so he is here as a mm-hmm. spiritual teacher, as weird and wacky as that sounds. Yeah. And he, he's actually, you know, he growing up in New York, he went to church and Norman Vincent Peale was his teacher. And Norman Vincent Peale, if you look at his teachings, is all about controlling the narrative of your own mind and the narrative of everyone else around you. And that's why people love him is because he is connected to his power. Again, I'm not saying that we should be acting out in the way he does. I'm not saying we should be as ridiculous, but he's showing up in the most dramatic way to make a point because that's how it works. Yeah. Is whether it's, whether it's you're on the wrong life path and all of a sudden you wake up and your wife says, or your husband says, I want a divorce. It's like, you don't wake up until somebody hits you over the head. And he's just here hitting a lot of people over the head Mm -hmm. and he's doing it in a way that's creating a lot of waves. And I, I, I'm not, as I said, an advocate for how maybe it's all happening, Mm -hmm. but it's all divinely guided. And so Mm -hmm. if you can just Mm -hmm. get that one lesson and then move on from all of the, all of the other things that he, you know, makes you feel, um, just say, yes, I need to be in my personal power and my my belief in what I'm here to do with the same level of conviction and we can change the world overnight. Period. End of story. Nothing more to talk about politically. And believe it or not, I went through four phases starting in January of 2017 uh, that the very first step I had to take, and I had to say this out loud, okay, was thank you. And this is the word that got stuck in my mouth For the longest time. And I finally said it out loud. I said, thank you, teacher, for teaching me how not to behave. Yeah. And that, too. Yes, that was. uh, But I had to acknowledge the fact that he was a teacher is a teacher. Even in that sentiment, I want to make this comment that Mm -hmm. because his behavior is so foul and, and just just vulgar and ridiculous. And that so many people are cheering that on. It just tells us that the wounds of everyone are so deep and that it's time for the healing and for them and everyone to step in and for all of us brothers and sisters out there to, to really jump into this awakening journey because he's just exposing the wounds. Like that's really what he's doing with his vulgarness is he's showing everyone like, the real shithole that we're in. Mm-hmm. And so, so even that is a lesson yeah. in and of itself. And again, I'm not Absolutely. saying it because I'm an advocate of Trump no. or I'm a follower of Trump or, no, no, no. or any of that. I'm just saying you have to learn the lessons. That's what my whole book is about is a lot mm-hmm. of crazy shit happened to me. A lot of things that I didn't want to happen. A lot of things that I say, really, I was the creator of that. Really? Um, but yeah. we have to get the lessons because yeah. we set the lessons up for a reason. And so get the lessons. Well, and then the other, the, the, the flip side of that is for each of us, we also made the choice to be here at this time to go through these experiences as well. So, yeah. you know, we aren't blameless and, and I'm not saying there's anybody to blame. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, but we made the choice 
We made the choice. So you want to rewrite the script and do it and, and be done with it. Uh, by the way, to, to your point, I had on this program an, an author of a book having to do with um, – I'll use the term narcissists or, or uh, sociopaths, psychopaths, so forth. Yeah. And this author said that in spite of what everyone might think about – these people who are of that mindset and, and very self-centered individuals and so forth. At least that's the perception. They says there's one aspect that a lot of people don't realize. There is a lot to learn from sociopaths and psychopaths because in spite of the fact that we may not agree that uh, the, the ends do not necessarily justify the means, they get things done. And so if we are if we are to sort of turn things around a little bit to learn from we have to recognize they get things done and and so we'll we'll kind of leave that there at this particular point but again as i as i was really getting to the point my life where i am at today is nobody else's responsibility but mine your life and where you are today is nobody's responsibility but yours i don't blame my parents I don't blame the bullies in school. Uh, I don't blame the fact that I came into this world legally blind. Uh, I, I None of that. Um, it's all on me. I am the one who's responsible for where I have been, where I am, and where I'm going. And that's really where I was coming from in that respect. And to to make others the – to play the victim. I, I refuse to play the victim and, and – uh, uh, and, and because there there are no victims, you know we we're all willing, and and I know a lot of people will disagree. We're all willing participants in all of this. Yeah, and I think you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. And and I just from a, a heartfelt sentiment standpoint, you know, there are people that deal with some really intense things like like rape and and things that that yes, they will come back and say, well, I would not have set that up for myself. And so I think there's a maybe just a something to say about at a soul level, you have set yourself up for these things. You know, death of a loved one, an illness of a small child. So I don't. I just am sensitive to you know. I'm with you a hundred percent. I just think that there's a lot of people that are suffering some really yeah. intense things. And, yes. and and that is on a soul level that you've called this in. And even when that happens, that's where I still say, so go at it from the soul, you know, the soul level. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of to tie it back into where we started with, with psychedelics. I mean, one of the things that psychedelics help us do is give us that God's eye view on our life and why some of these things happened. And back to my friend who had cancer, she got the whole message of why she had that breast cancer. She understood it was a tragedy, like, but she understood why. And it's not about blaming yourself. Mm-mm. It's about understanding yourself and understanding the storylines and understanding why we brought these storylines into our life and, and what we can do and how we can make different choices. Because sometimes the subconscious mind, it just has so much in there that we just have no knowledge of. And it's running. The tapes are running in the background. And so we want to get to those tapes. And so, but we have as you said so eloquently, we have set everything up in our life and the good, the bad, the ugly, and we're, it's just about learning from it. It's just about harvesting those pearls of wisdom from all of the life lessons. Yeah, absolutely. Beth, Beth Bell is my guest. 
The website, bethbell.me. Bethbell.me is the, is the uh, website we'll be linked to as well. And, of course, uh, we've got a lot uh, that we can uh, discuss here on the program. A uh, question for you folks. Do you feel that there's more to life and you have a greater purpose uh, but you feel stuck or maybe you want to transform your life and break through uh, belief systems that aren't serving you and you're on a spiritual path, you know, but you haven't found your tribe and, and fully understanding you. Uh, well, that's part of the work that uh, Beth Bell is all about at her website and her book, Angels, Herpes, and Psychedelics. And we certainly hope that you will uh, pick up a copy of her book and, and find out more about the work that she's doing. She's a very passionate woman who has some insights from her own personal experiences that she wants to share with you. Again, the title of the book is uh, Angels, Herpes, and Psychedelics, where she is uh, sharing with you some valuable stories that can help you accumulate accelerate, I should say, your own personal growth. As we accelerate here on Tell Me Your Story, I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it is a great pleasure to have Beth Bell here on the program to talk about the work that she's doing. Um, you, you, were, you were involved with, as you said earlier, within the, uh, the context of the pharmaceutical industry, if you will. Um, did did was it an awakening for you through the the years that you were involved uh, that you began to to sort of uh, uh, your eyes began to open up to realize that and there's got to be more there's got to be something better there's got to be another way of doing this than this way that that I happen to I'm I'm hip deep in right now kind of thing. Yeah, it's interesting because I I have a, a, a very soft spot in my heart for my pharmaceutical career. Um, I am not against big pharma. I think big pharma does all the crazy bad things that every other company does. Mm -hmm. um, and I think everybody has personal responsibility to take their health into their own hands. There are resources beyond, beyond, beyond for people to understand how to heal themselves naturally through mother nature. Um, I, I'm not against Western medicine. There's times when we need that, but people want to pop a pill because people don't yeah. want to do the work. They don't want to understand why they're creating disease, dis-ease in their life. Yeah. So I am. I just want to say that disclaimer that, you know, I'm not against Big Pharma. Big Pharma is marketing to you just like Coca-Cola, just like Dunkin' Donuts, just like everybody out there. And none of that stuff is good for you. So, um, yeah, so I just want to take the heat off of that because it's really about you as the consumer for you to make the choices that are right for you yeah. and to get through the matrix of it all. Yeah. And my career in big pharma taught me so much about myself and about self-development. And I had so many incredible opportunities that came from my time working in big pharma. And now, so interestingly, I'm able to take that big pharma experience and all I know about getting drugs, getting drugs approved through the FDA to help other psychedelic pharmaceutical companies, which there's, there's over 250 proper companies, startups, most of them are, you know, cause they're, they're studying these molecules. Um, and many of them are on the stock exchanges. So this is a very legit thing. And I find it just fascinating how this storyline is laying out now where I can bring my big pharma experience and help in the realms of the psychedelic pharmaceutical sector. And also to challenge the CEOs of these companies of what are you in it for mm. because most of them started their companies because they had a psychedelic experience and they had a knowingness behind 
behind the medicines as awakening agents. And so there's always this straddle between are we going to keep the the mission of the awakening agent or are we just going to make this another drug that's on the market for profitability? And I am not against companies having profitability. I think profitability is super important, but it's the intention of which a CEO and a company has about the product. So this is, again, it's not, it's not, we don't need to give plant-based medicines in a way that someone needs to be reliant on them over a period of time. No, have a journey. Um, And, and yes, they're studying them for very specific things. So I'm not saying that you can't, but it's not, it's not this, we don't need to create a model where people have to come back over and over and over again. That's big pharma getting people sucked in to think that they have to rely on something else outside of them to, to be healed and whole when it's all an illusion. Yeah. It's all an illusion. You're perfect, healed and whole. You just have to get your mind in the back seat and your soul in the driver's seat and go and keep making decisions based on the soul's plan not on the ego mind. You know, you raise a very interesting point too. Uh, a year and a half ago, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Now, first mm-hmm. of all, uh, I was back to normal in a month and a half. Uh, okay. I had my a- A1C and my uh, daily uh, blood sugar down to normal in a month and a half, which blew my doctor away. No, you don't hear doctors often use the word miraculous. That was a word that he used. And, and I'm sitting here going, Okay, if you want to use that word, that's fine. It wasn't miraculous. All I did was stop drinking sodas. Okay, mm-hmm. that's pretty much all I did. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, because I'd been drinking them for, for decades. And, of course, when I was a kid growing up, all the way through the age of 38, I was bicycling everywhere. So there was no real buildup. I was burning it off and, and so forth. I didn't have type 2 diabetes when I was uh, up yeah. till then. In any event, but... Of course, you probably know the standard uh, medication that they prescribe is uh, metformin. And um, so he did. And he says, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take two of these a day, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, okay. So I got the, I also get the blood sugar checker, you know, the pinprick uh, in the finger. And for the first two weeks, I'm checking. And of course, the numbers are going down, 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 down. So I said, you know what? I'm responsible here. So what I'm going to do is I want to see if if the if the numbers start going back up again if when I do this I will go back to the normal prescription. But he said, remember two a day. I went down to one. Uh, I didn't see him until November of that year, and I was doing one a day, and uh, my blood sugar uh, numbers were down normal. So I go to see him in November. He checks and he's like, oh very good. Okay, well why don't you go down to one? Okay, I'll go down to one. I stopped taking it all together yeah. and my numbers still stayed down. So I didn't see him until the following February and he said, yeah, you can stop taking it now. I never told yeah. him that I did this. Yeah. I took the initiative. Now, he told me a story about a, one of his patients, took the guy six months and he got his uh, A1C down to, I don't know, maybe it was uh, seven or 6.5 or something. And I'm thinking, no, mine went back down where it's supposed to be five, 5.7 in a month and a half. And, uh, you know, he told me, oh, Richard's going to be a long journey, long journey. I said, no, I know how I got here. I know how I got here. This is what you are talking about is that awareness and that awakening of understanding in most cases, not all, but in most cases, how we got where we are. Yes. And it's like you said, like you really said, especially about the psychedelics, it's not something that's going to – you're going to be taking for the rest of your life. It's, 
It, it, and that's what I was telling. You know, it's like I have also have high blood. I've been diagnosed with high blood pressure. Yeah. Well, can I make two points? No, go ahead, please. Psychedelics are pattern disruptors. So I want to talk about that. But I also want to just mention when you were talking about your health condition and and, and how eloquently you use your power of your mind mm-hmm. to shift you back to perfect and whole. Yeah. Um, a dear friend of mine just had surgery and it just, it just came to me and I said to her, you know, it's so amazing when you go under the knife and you are, your whole default mode network is shut off. Your whole consciousness is shut off and your body knows what to do. Your your heart's still pumping. You're, you know, there's no, no machine or no doctor or no drug that's telling your body what to do when you're out, right? And so it just tells us that your body is perfect and whole. It's only your mind that comes in. Why do we, you know, get taken out? Well, of course, for the pain centers, but also because the mind will get involved and create fear and create all these storylines around what's happening. And then the mind is what's controlling the body. So we want to stay back in that energy of letting source control the body, do the breath, do, you know, really run through us because when that life force runs through us, then we're back to the basics of how an acorn knows how to grow into an oak tree. But we came in to be human because we wanted to have this experience, because we wanted to make those choices, and we wanted to get ourselves into a bunch of stuff, and then we wanted to get ourselves out of a bunch of stuff, <laughs> just so we could say, we had an experience of being human. Some of it stunk, and some of it was great, right? But yep. that's the whole point. And so I'm just suggesting, everybody, let's get back to just waking up and and being in the soul's plan and being in the energy of ease and grace and alignment, as opposed to following all of these stories and narratives that drive us absolutely nutty, batty and crazy. Stop the distractions and just go inward so that you can shine your light outward. So simple, isn't it? It, it, it really is. Uh, it, it doesn't get any simpler than that. Uh, and it's interesting, too, because we would watch the commercials for the, the pharmaceuticals for people to take to drop their A1C down to seven. I'm going, seven? Why can't you get it down to 5.7, which is supposedly the norm? Um, of course, then, of course, I get into the conversation about, well, yeah, but everybody's an individual and who knows, maybe yours is supposed to be at seven. Anyway, uh, so I'm watching these commercials and I'm going, what is wrong with these people? Obviously, they need to adjust their diets or something uh, yeah. to which it was shared with me. Well, but see, that's the point. The difference between you and them is they apparently don't have or haven't uh, uh, developed the willpower to actually do what is necessary so as not to have to take the pill. And they just find it much more uh, efficient, I say with a question mark, (laughs) to take the pill rather than to take care of the body in a proper way. Yeah. Yeah, the body knows what to do. Yeah. The body a, knows what to do with the sugar, all of that, every everything in moderation. I'm not against eating anything in particular or drinking anything in particular. It's just all moderation. Mm. And when people start to understand the gut-brain connection, which has been talked about forever, there's nothing new here. And when people understand the whole connection of the, you know, your gut bacteria and how it signals to the brain and how sugar has a role in that and how you are living your life a lot of times based on your cravings that are coming from your mind, not from your soul, not from what your body needs, Mm. but simply that loop of what you think you need because your gut bacteria says sugar, sugar, sugar. And your mind says, oh, I need a donut or, you know, oh, I need a whatever, a piece of chocolate. And so it's, 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 it's simple 
And yet it is so challenging at times to break through. But once you do, it is so worth it. So oh. worth it to break through these beliefs and these yeah. ideas and tapping into that inner wisdom. Yeah. So worth it. And, you know, I think that the same principle applies to the mind in that, you know, if, if, you, if you do the things for the body, like, mm-hmm. I know, again, I can only use my, myself as the example in terms of my type 2 diabetes. All right. Well, let's just say let's just say that in terms of the conversation we had a little earlier about teachers, OK, keep it in that context. If I keep my mind away from those things that distract, I think that's probably the good, good phrase to use, that distract me from my soul's purpose from that loving position, then my mind is even healthier as well. For sure. And yeah. And it's all, it's all about brain chemistry. I mean, like this is not just like some spirituality woo-woo stuff we're talking about. No. This is science. This is quantum physics. This is brain chemistry that you are what you eat because it has an impact on your brain chemistry, which has an impact on your perception of the world, which has an impact on how you feel internally. And so there's a lot of systems at play and it's super simple. I'm not saying it's always easy, mm. but you have to take the first step and say, show me the way. And that's yeah. a statement to your higher self, your, your soul, exactly. um, show me the way. And once you do, and you start stepping into that, show me the way I struggle every day with little things, you know, but yet I know how to step back into the bliss and I know how to step away from the distractions. And I, it's mind training and it's mind monitoring. And all of these things that you just talked about are all great topics, you know, about the body and the nutrition and what we put in, what we put out, who we spend our time with, the energies that be um, time with mother nature. So yeah, there's lots of lot, everything externally impacts our internal state, but let's get to our inter- internal state first, project that out there and have our external state reflect that as opposed to reflect chaos. Yeah. Right. But we yeah. have to, we, we have to be our own true North star uh, deep, deeply within um, to master um, our experiences with the external world. Yeah. You know, it's interesting the way you phrase this gets me to start thinking about the ways in which I have been observing and quite honestly, obviously passing judgment on certain segments of our population, specifically the obese. I mean, my heart goes out to these people. I don't know how they can function, let alone breathe, because I know how dangerous uh, carrying excess weight on the physical body can be to the heart, to the lungs, to the internal organs, not to mention to the psyche, you know. And, of course, I also know, too, that folks who, um, in many instances, who do this, they're putting on the pounds as a form of protection, yes. psychological protection. And so I, I get all of that. But it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, I don't know. Have you, I don't know if you watch much television. There was the, that wonderful program called uh, – I think it was called This Is Us. Mm-hmm. And the, the woman, the brunette, who very heavy set and had an absolutely gorgeous singing voice. And my wife and I would watch the program and, and think, oh, my God, how long will she live carrying that weight around? And then we'll lose that voice. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know, you bring up great points, but I think also it's so important to say that whether you're carrying the weight in your physical body or you're carrying the weight in your mind, <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Right. I mean, and, and again, it goes, yes. And it goes back to, to that gut brain connection and, and the dopamine hit. So whether you're overweight or you're an alcoholic or you're abusing drugs or, or you're a sex addict or, you know, whatever your vice is, it's all the same. It's still the mind and it's still the mind pushing you to get to a place where you actually want to step in and go, there is another way. There's got to be another way. And once you just start asking that question, show me the way things can start to change in your life immediately. Um, and it does take some time to off, oftentimes, not always, sometimes we have people have just like spontaneous enlightenment, right? Spontaneous situations that of Kundalini and energy that comes through them and they just go, ah, you know, I, I, I know there's a different way, but you know, for most of us, we're taking the slower road of unraveling our minds because that's what we came here to do to have all these experiences. And so, yeah, I think, you know, we, as you said, we can make judgments, but there's no need to no, because we're all dealing with our own internal suffering, yeah, our own internal storylines, um, whatever they may be. And so the calling is just like, Hey, let's just expose all that stuff. Let's just bring all that trauma drama to the surface, because here's where I think it all just like boils down to, we came into this life and at some point, possibly in the womb, possibly first out of the womb, possibly when we're one years old, two years old, three years old, we recognized that we are separated. We're separated from source and we go, oh my gosh, I'm here. And then everything that happens from that first trauma, whether it's a big T or a little T, where you feel separate and alone on this planet then you create all these storylines that just validate that separation. And then at some point you have the choice to say, you know, I'm not going to follow those storylines anymore. And I'm not going to follow the idea that I am separate from source creator. No, I am all that. And that's the journey back home. And that's what we're here to do is just help each other. Remember back to source. That's it. That's it. And so everybody has the trauma. Just let's get to it. Let's blow it up. Um, you know, contracting herpes is not a fun trauma to talk about, but you know, I Googled it not until just the other day, there's 460, maybe it's even almost 500 million people that, that we know of that have herpes and it creates the most traumatic experience for people in their minds. And once you get to the place where that just doesn't even matter anymore, there's just no energy around it anymore. Everything changes just like COVID, like everyone understands virus shame now everyone understands so much more about viruses of the mind maybe not intellectually like i'm talking about it but in their body they understand what it feels like to feel shamed of a virus of having COVID. not you know that's that but but that's also come away now right because but because we've taken our intensity level off of it we've taken the intensity level off of are you positive COVID? are you not you know what did you do and let's shame you because maybe you didn't wear your mask long enough or in the right places or maybe you went out your you know your door or whatever so all of that was such a great lesson and understanding shame and so why don't we just blow this stuff up you know it's like why are we holding on to these ideas that there has to be judgment around anything and when you do it goes away you know and and absolutely right i i matter of fact uh, what what comes to mind are uh, some of the um i'll call them foibles 
of, of, of politicians, and I'm not picking on anybody, I'm not putting any names on any, but we both know down through the decades, the decades, when a politician in particular is caught with, let's just say, their hand in the cookie jar, when they come out and say, yeah, I'm sorry, I screwed up, I have shamed my wife, my husband, my children, my family, I, I apologize, I hope you can forgive me, you don't hear about it anymore. It's yeah. the ones who, I wasn't me. No, it's someone who looked like me. I didn't do it. And I would never have done something like that. And da, 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 da. And yeah. it goes on and on. It's like, could we get another, uh, could I, I, we need another news, uh, news feed of positive news. Cause I don't, I'm tired of hearing about this guy. Cause you know, and it's like, let it yeah, go. Let it go. Hearing, while we may be tired of hearing those guys, people are listening. It's those yeah, people. Well, true. They get more views, more listens than probably what we're talking about on this show right now, right? Because people still like misery loves company. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many people honestly don't want to get out of their suffering. And that's okay. Yeah. Then the show's not for you. You know, the, the topic's not for you. My book's definitely not for you. Because if you yeah. don't want to participate and know that you are the creator of your life, then yeah, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's not for you. Right. Then then you're one of the the guys that's here to activate the suffering. And without the suffering, we don't know the light. Right. We don't know someone's mm. tall unless we know someone's short. So <laughs> that's duality. Right. It's that's that's what it is. Light yeah. and dark is not bad. I talk about black magic in my book. I learned all about that. Not necessarily because I wanted to, but I, I was I was up for that. So we learn about duality in lots of different ways. And yeah, we just have to embrace life's experiences and, you know, to make the point over and over, make a new choice. Yeah. And that's what this program's about is giving people uh, choices and knowledge of those choices. And we're offering new choices. Um, I'm curious. I want to ask you about this in just a moment um, about some of the um, uh, elements that we can maybe put together in our own homes and our own gardens. Uh, I've heard of certain spices and herbs in particular that you'll find in your herb cabinet or what have you uh, that that can actually facilitate this on a, a moderate moderation level. By the way, my father, who does not like the concept that he is a wise person, but he is. And he has always said he said to me when I was growing up. Eat, drink, and be merry in moderation because nobody gets out of this world alive. And we are talking with Beth Bell. BethBell.me is the website, and this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and Beth Bell is with us. I I wanted to ask you about, um, say, uh, simple, legal, uh, maybe common plants that we hadn't even thought of that you would be aware of that can maybe in some instances, shall we just say, take the edge off. And I'm not speaking of going to the pharmacy uh, spelled with a PH or spelled with an F uh, and getting uh, uh, gummy bears, you know, gummies, uh, CBD gummies. I'm talking about sometimes uh, uh, herbs and spices that we find in our cabinets that we might use in everyday foods uh, that we like the flavor thereof and so forth. Uh, have you done any research in that particular area in terms of how a person would feel after 
And, and I'll just – let's put it in the context of used in a particular dish, not, not solo, OK? But in a particular dish that will change someone's mood, if you will. Well, I'm not an expert in this area, but Spirit is telling me to share this with you. So we want to eat as much light as possible. And when we eat light, it raises our vibration. So when we eat plants, and I'm not a vegetarian, moderation, um, when we eat plants, we eat light. And what Spirit's telling me to say is to put superfoods like moringa and chlorophyll into your smoothies. And some people might say, well, they don't taste so great, but they can taste wonderful when put with the right fruits and vegetables. So eat great light filled foods. And there's some things that are superfoods and eat them blueberries, you know, like there's just like, we don't have to overcomplicate this and it doesn't have to be these expensive herbs and different things, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's sometimes just the most basic stuff that our body wants needs and craves. And so that's part of my, my routine. Um, I also am a huge matcha tea drinker. It has less caffeine. I, I, well, at least that's what I believe. Um, and it's an antioxidant, right. And it's, 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 it's easier on the body still gives you a little, you know, a little, uh, um, because again, it goes back to the brain chemistry. Um, it's about keeping your brain chemistry in hormonal balance, if you will oxytocin cortisol levels there they work in tandem you want oxytocin to be higher than cortisol cortisol is fight and flight oxytocin you don't have to take anything you know what you need to do hug somebody make eye contact with someone connect love your pet right these are basic Mm -hmm. things and that raises oxytocin levels say hi to the person you buy your coffee from every day or if you have a routine or where you go have a connection and that's what covid taught us too is that when we got cut off from the external world, we couldn't make the connections out there. We had to make the connections in here in the four walls we built with the people that were in them or not in them. And we had to be in that place. So I know I digressed a little bit, but I think there's tons of herbs. It's just not my area of specialty, but I would just say to really focus on eating more light and to, to recognize that it's all about brain chemistry. And by the way, I've often thought that the greatest, the best pharmaceutical company on the planet is not on the New York Stock Exchange. No. It's in our bodies. And that's why, as you are saying, especially when it comes to those cravings, in order for the body to manufacture the chemicals needed for daily function and let's say balance and, 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 and dealing with the different emotions and what have you is to give it the things that it needs. That may be because if the body is craving this, that or the other thing that we, we should take a little bit of that. You know, if it is chocolate, if it is blueberries, if it is a banana, peanut butter, a spoonful of peanut butter, whatever, that is going to help that manufacturing plant to generate those chemicals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Eating the heavy foods like the pastas and the real heavy stuff, the dead stuff is going to create a a lower vibrational energy. Sometimes we need that because we need the grounding here, but it's a balance and it's knowing your body and getting in touch with your body. What does my body need? And most of the times your body, well, your body, your body is not going to say, and 
I love these items, Krispy Kreme donuts, but I don't eat them ever because of one thing. Because I know that if I eat a Krispy Kreme donut, my gut bacteria is going to talk to my brain and say, ooh, we need Krispy Kreme donuts every day. And that makes us happy. And it's like, yeah, there's, I mean, of course you can have a Krispy Kreme donut, but I just don't do it because- That little cloud experience is is just it sets off bells that at the end of the day it's I can get that from something else that's not addictive yeah. right so it's the dopamine hits it's the it's the addictive chemicals that we want to stay away from and the chemicals that bring us into greater expanded states of consciousness that we want more of but the the addictive chemical items are so much easier to find they're on every single doorstep of every single restaurant, right? And so it, it, you have to sort of change the way you look at life and, and how you look at it. Because you know what I love now? Every day I eat an apple. When I get that, that feeling like, oh, I want something sweet. I go eat an apple and I just love it. I put a little cinnamon on it and it's so incredible. Yeah, yeah. And my body says, thank you. You just ate light. And I don't mean like light heavy. I mean like light vibration, like right. sunlight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as opposed to a dead donut. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and again, eat your Krispy Kreme donuts if it makes you happy. But I'm just saying that the, the brain chemistry aspect of this is your brain chemistry works and functions on light, not on heaviness. Mm-hmm. And so if we eat heaviness, we're going to feel heaviness. And so it's simple and basic and you don't need to buy a book and you don't need, I mean, you can, and there's lots of experts. So do, if you feel inspired, I'm just trying to make it easy for everybody sure. to say, you know, yeah. eat what nature's giving you. Yeah. There's a technique I learned 35 years ago. Wow. <laughs> uh, called kinesiology. Yeah. Uh, a woman by the name of Carol Kepler taught this to me. And, um, of course, after a while, you don't have to do the yes, no. You don't have to do that after a while because it becomes an internal process. You just know yeah. that you know. And yeah. um, uh, so uh, whatever it takes. And for me... You know, when I was uh, diagnosed, uh, I stopped drinking uh, sodas. Now, I like the fizz. That was the main reason. It wasn't so much the sugar as much as it was the fizz. The sugar was kind of nice. But so I said, okay. And I've tried seltzer waters and I've tried this and that and the other thing. And I found these, uh, these uh, they call sparkling ice drinks. Mm-hmm. And they have no sh- no calories. There's no carbs. There's no sugar. Now, there's a substitute of some sort. It's minimal. But they're flavored. And I like mixing the flavors into, into one cup. And, uh, you know, and so it's like, okay, I found an alternative that gives me the fizz but a little flavor and I enjoy it. And then someone comes along and says, yeah, but it comes in those plastic bottles and that. And, of course, getting on the whole plastics issue and so forth. And I'm going, hold on, stop. I'm doing this in phases, in steps, just one step at a time. I've gotten off the sodas. Give me credit for that, you know. <laughs> so we need to give ourselves credit when we make even the smallest of adjustments. We make little choices that will help us. And we need to, and I think maybe it is the way we need to do it, not just moderation, but if you want to make those changes, it doesn't have to be wholesale unless you can do it. If you can do it cold turkey, great. But if you need to do it in steps, it's like with with sodas. I go down the soda aisle from time to time, but it's been two and a half years since I've yeah. had a soda. 
Yeah, great. That's that's wonderful. So, well, and just to add to that, I think I think one of the most important parts of this is what are you thinking while you're eating something? So uh, if I eat a Krispy Kreme donut, I am going to think this is the best thing ever for my body. I'm not going to sit there and say, "Oh gosh, I've eaten this Krispy Kreme donut. This is terrible. It's it's going to cause X, Y, or Z." You know, it, it is. You can transcend. The mind can help you transcend. And so leverage the mind in a way that's going to work in your advantage as opposed to your disadvantage and keep you in the suffering. So it's about what you think while you eat even more than what you're eating in many, many ways. And that kind of uh, is something that uh, Reiki uh, uh, uses. Uh, matter of fact, when one blesses one's food with the energy, I, I happen to be a Reiki master and and um it's more um, more of a uh, an unconscious kind of thing, but I'm aware of it when I get whatever it is that I'm going to eat, even if it's something that's for me is very healthy, as opposed to a burger or something like that. Um, I just feel like okay, it's going in, it's going to nourish, and then the body will filter out what is not necessary that is not needed in the system. Um, and and I find that that's uh, that's really what we need to do is we need to listen to our bodies, but also we need to listen to that internal voice, that still small voice. So important. Yes, it is so important. Yeah. We're talking with Beth Bell here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And Beth, I want to thank you so much, Beth Bell. BethBell.me, the website, for being with us here on the program. Um, It's just been a great pleasure. And uh, some very important things you have given us to think about, especially, especially when it comes uh, to the distractions in the outer world and and, um, how to stay uh, focused on what's important to us from the inside as opposed to being distracted by what's going on on the outside. And I thank you so much for sharing those things with us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I have three final questions that I would like to ask you. I ask all of my guests at the end of the program. Uh, you may have answered them to some degree during the program, but I'd like to ask them directly. But before I do, I want to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Mondays at 1 a.m., 9 a.m. on Wednesdays with our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We podcast. On SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And we're on YouTube. You can watch these interviews. And we hope that you will subscribe and uh, click the notification so that every time I upload a new conversation, you'll be notified and you'll have an opportunity to find out about new choices that are available to you, just like on this program with Beth Bell. We also ask you to spend time, as mentioned earlier, going within and listening to that still small voice during this, the decade of perfect vision. And if you'd like to support the work that we are doing, then uh, we would uh, gratefully appreciate any support you can give us financially. That is why we have a PayPal account, and it is there for your security as well as ours. And with all of that, we now move into uh, our uh, final three questions for our guest. And the first of those is... Who is Beth Bell? Consciousness. Pure love consciousness. What is your life's purpose? Pollinating the planet with love. And finally, 
What was your best day? Ooh. I don't know. I have so many. I don't know. My best day. Um, well, you know what? I'll leave it at this, that I think my best day was my first no, my best day, I was going to say my first ayahuasca trip, but I'm going to say my best day was the first ceremony I did with Bufo, which is uh, smoking the toad off of, uh, the, uh, smoking the venom off of a toad's back. It crystallizes, you put it into a pipe and you smoke it in a sacred ceremony. That was my best day. Hmm. Well, another thing we would love to talk to you about on another program is this aspect of uh, a ritual and ceremony in this regard uh, to uh, achieving higher states of consciousness, greater connection with the divine, and that would also imply greater connection with self. And so maybe we can uh, get together and talk about that because I'd love to hear more about those experiences that you've had. Yeah, that would be great. All right. Well, I want to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I am listening.